Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit brumradio.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 12. We don't know what that is on bingo, do we? Episode no, 12. We had legs 11. I don't know what this is. And then we've got unlucky number 13 next. Oh. Well, we don't know what 12 is, so it's no. going to be good. It's going to be good. But anyway, you're here with me, Laura, and Sophie. Hello. And we've got such a good one today. Oh, yeah. I know we always say it, but oh, this my. one is oh. girl Delightful. crushing. Oh. Yeah. Tears, emotions, excitement. Yeah, we are talking. Um, negatively <laughs> about greenwashing but then we are interviewing and having such a good girl chat with the incredible Rebecca Spencer love her. we love her so so much she is fantastic isn't she yeah it's really interesting to talk to her all about her career and what she does um, who she works with so enjoy folks So this week's In The Know is one of Laura's favourite, favourite topics. We're going to be controversial, we're going to be talking about diversity, EDI, all those things, because it's something that's at the forefront of the fashion industry and is so very important, you know, building sustainability, transparency, all these different things. But, you know, it's obviously this was always going to be a podcast subject, absolutely. But what really kind of sparked this conversation this week was a post from Ghani, um, such a good post. Such a great post. So I, I screened, I saw it. Someone, well, I think one of my students had shared it, actually, and I saw it, and I was like, that is amazing. So their post just literally says, bright pink, no excuses, what we actually mean when we say we're not sustainable. So they're holding their hands up. If you go, if you scroll over, if you go into Ganyan on the Instagram and scroll across, it says, we are not sustainable. We're, we have been saying this since 2013 when we took a few steps forward to be a more responsible version of ourselves. So basically what they're doing is, is, is saying, unless you are 100% sustainable, you okay. cannot say you yeah. are sustainable. So they're not saying they're... they're anti-sustainable and they're the other end of the spectrum they're saying they're making their steps they're doing something but no brand should label themselves as sustainable unless they can actually say 100% they're sustainable yeah and I just love it I just love the honesty and that's what consumers want people want transparency Transparency. yeah yeah um, and if they're not being transparent and if they aren't doing what they are saying they're doing, then it's called greenwashing. And for those of you that don't know what greenwashing is, is essentially when a company uses misleading or false claims to suggest it's doing more for the environment than it actually is. So, you know, brands are making great strides to becoming more eco-friendly, that's for sure. We're seeing so many brands um, doing environmentally friendly collections or changing their business model. But there are some that are no doubt simply greenwashing to sell more clothes. You know, they're just they're, they're saying it because they, they think that's what their consumers want to hear. But um, I guess don't just listen to the marketing. Although I'm a marketeer, I love marketing, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes they can say it or provide misleading information to make you think they're something that they're not. So as a consumer, you know, just do your research. Um and the way that you can do that is make sure that what they're saying is backed up by real, you know, credible data. Is it how true is it what they're saying? And sometimes you can find that on their um, company website. Um, you know, you can email them, see what their actual goals are. Um, are they meeting them? I mean, we spoke earlier, didn't we, um, between us about Marks and Spencers. Oh. What is it? There's no plan B. 
Um, plan A because there's no, no plan B. B. Do, do we all remember that? Uh, yeah, where the, I haven't the seen hell is that It used gone? to be on all their lorries because remember their lorries were curved because apparently that was better Absolutely. in terms of like um, fuel consumption. And there was all, you'd always see plan A because no plan B. And it was part of that. Was it a 2022 or 2025 initiative? Well, but, who knows because it's bloody disappeared. I haven't seen and anything. And that is the point, MS. Where the hell are these results? Where the hell did this campaign go? What, what, yeah, what are you doing? What are you actually doing? Because I just, this, and this is what annoys me with this. Um, you know, for, I think back 10 years ago, that's probably when we were at uni, that, I think that was when Plan A started, wasn't yeah. it? I think it was, we used to have an ethics module, didn't we, uh -huh. um, at university. And so obviously, obviously that was quite a, a relevant campaign because it's just when brands started to, to, to do marketing around sustainability and all this kind of stuff. And I remember at a time, I think it was around, we were, again, when we were at uni, I remember the H&M Sustainable Collection launching. Mm -hmm. And I know H&M, you know, have made some strides and have moved and have tried. But I, even still now, this conscious collection, I remember at the time, I was like, oh, my God, H&M are doing this amazing thing. I'm sorry, H&M. I love you. I shop with you. It's fine. You know me. I love fast fashion. But don't kind of, like, they use this whole thing to make consumers think that they were suddenly ethical when, like, what, 99% of the stock on the shop floor is still... It's a step in cheap. the right direction, it though, is, but I but agree they are not it's not enough. Why can't they make the whole collection conscious? It's a bit like lounge, lounge underwear. We applaud you. You're love one you of lounge. the brands. We absolutely love you. And um, we spoke to you, and I think you've announced since we had that podcast recording that you have gone 100% sustainable from yep. your packaging, from your production to, you know, your materials that you use. That is a sustainable brand, like what Ganny's saying. Yep. I mean, we see so many brands using eco-conscious, environmentally friendly, sustainable, just all words. these buzzwords. It's just buzzwords. Exactly, buzzwords. People yep. are just using these words, shoving it in the marketing. They think it's what consumers want to hear. It's going to draw them into their store. But ten years ago, that worked because we're like, oh my god, oh amazing, woohoo! A brand did a conscious collection. But now we have these consumer activists. We have Gen Z people that are going, ah, hang on a second. They're delving. They're demanding from these brands. These brands are now they're not driven. They're not driving their own marketing campaigns. The consumers are driving them for them, and some brands are going to trip up and are tripping up and they're being mm. called out by consumers. Look at Everlane. Slightly different in terms of, it's not around sustainability, but there's a, there's a huge um, huge campaign from some ex-employees from Everlane um, that were kind of treated bad. They've talked about um, unethical working environments and conditions and things like this and have been absolutely slated um, by their ex-workers and consumers. And there's a whole Instagram account about it. I can't remember. I'll put it in the show notes um, if, um, um, if I remember in the meantime so you can have a look. But, you know, consumers, employees, everyone expects more and so they should and times have changed and what's really changed is trust, consumer trust. We don't trust anything anymore so therefore we research, we want to understand. Like Laura said, we look at the brands we like to know where our products come from. Absolutely. There's a great um, resource that um, is, um, I always tell the students to use and I always use as part of my research called Edelman's Barometer of Trust and Edelman's is a huge international PR agency but they're so huge that they do a lot of market research and a lot of things which is absolutely fantastic and every year they produce this barometer of trust and they look at trends in trust and you know and you know and they, they concentrate mainly on um charities business media looking at who trusts who doesn't trust uh, patterns from different countries what the kind of key issues are around trust and i think it's so interesting that you know you can look at the pattern and you can look at those key themes to say, see where trust has dropped but I would definitely say trust has dropped of the fashion industry. Yeah. 
it's not like we used to trust them and just take their word for it 10, 15 years ago. Now we question and so we should. Mm. Well, I think consumers really value transparency more than ever when... Um, purchasing something and I think COVID has emphasised the importance of brand transparency more than ever. We want to know where our clothes are made, who made them, are they being paid a fair wage and so on. Um, and I, I think we're seeing a lot of brands these days their their whole ethical stance and we're sustainable is in their packaging and they think that because their packaging is 100% recyclable or it's made of recyclable materials they think that's enough um but actually I think it's really interesting my partner was telling me about this the other day about this almost like packaging tax which is coming in April 2022 Ooh. and for every ton of plastic that a brand creates they're going to be charged like 200 pounds um so when you think about big brands like Tesco, that there's going to be a huge loss to them or a huge payout to them in how much packaging they're going to be charged. And in 2023, there's a new thing coming out called Extended Producer Responsibility, EPR, which will be essentially a radical overhaul of the packaging, waste regulations, and it will be the biggest shake-up since 1997, wow. which is just such a long time. And you think, why have we not moved forward on this? But it basically means that all packaging will come at a cost to any business going forward forward um and it also means that the government will have more money from these companies to better to invest in better recycling infrastructures i don't know whether it's germany or not where if you have glass bottles or plastic bottles you can put it in machine and they give you money back oh and i would love to see incentive. that yeah i would love to see that in um the uk i know it's things like you know you see if you buy this bottle of milk um it costs x amount of money but then every time you go back and you use the same bottle you get discounts you know i think that's the stuff we're going to see more of it's interesting you say about this packaging thing because businesses will be aware of this and again this yeah. is where you start to question it our business here is producing more sustainable packaging because they want to they're or doing they're doing it because, it because they have to they know I mean, next year they've got their no choice got to. So that, and that's what annoys me sometimes because it ha doesn't actually come from the real core values of the brand mm. and they just go oh yeah we've got to do this so yeah this is perfect shove this in the marketing put this post on social media send a newsletter out and tell our consumers we're sustainable when really they're just doing it because they have to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we see a lot of brands saying, oh, you know, we're using sustainable uh, materials like Visco, Rayon, Bamboo, and so on. You know, they're promoting it as eco-friendly. But it actually depends on how those fabrics are sourced. So, for example, um, 150 million trees are cut down for Visco production every year. Um, and although bamboo is fast-growing fibre, it can sometimes be grown with pesticides and chemicals, and therefore it's less environmentally friendly. So you need to be checking this with the brand. But this is a bit like, will can, will we ever just be sustainable? I don't know if you Because there's, you there's a trip up on everything. Yeah, absolutely everything is having an economic, not an economic, but an environmental effect. No matter what you do. So even if you do choose a different option, there's still some kind of impact. Yes, it's probably reduced impact, but you're still having an impact yeah. somewhere. So it's almost never, <laughs> it's like, never ended. Does it even but we start? spoke ages ago, didn't we, about that Mexican brand that was producing cactus ah, leather. yes. Yes, so it, I think we are going to start to see new materials rising, like you know mushroom leather, apple leather, and so and so. But you've got to think about the process of how that product is made. Yeah, it's not just the actual yeah. material. Yeah, it's the same. Like so many brands have said, right, we're not going to use fur, we're going to use faux fur or faux leather. But then actually, faux leather is a production of plastics and chemicals. So it's like, is that ethical? Obviously. 
anti-leather, anti-fur yes, completely. Much better, but it's still going to be it's still having that effect. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there are things that you can look out for when you know if you are very much um, environmentally conscious, and you can look for um, certificates that the brand has. You know, like fair trade. Mm-hmm. Um, think. Think about um, what products, what materials they're using, um, what's their business strategy, you know, do they have set goals? And if they do have set goals, is there a time limit on those set goals to say, and then you can review them and say, you know, have they achieved um, those things? Um, So just things to look out for to understand if a brand is greenwashing, you know, it's it's, it's, I think it's almost like a fine line of trying to understand are they, aren't, aren't they? Because yeah. marketing can be very deceiving. Absolutely, but consumers are more aware than ever and that's what is such a plus point. And it kind of leads on nicely to kind of, you know, not just about kind of green and sustainability, but just to general kind of issues and issue-led yeah. marketing, which is amazing. Like we've, we, had, uh, we do a marketing module on our course at BCU and it is the, the crux of that module is cause related marketing yep. so we completely appro- applaud brands that are that are addressing issues and doing things but it is it is that are they doing it for the right reasons or are they not um it's like brands that marry up with a charity are they doing it because you think oh, if i buy this a certain amount of money is going to go yeah. to charity or every really 100 percent should go to the charity absolutely every brand has um to adhere to corporate social responsibility yeah. they will have corporate social responsibility goals csr for short so they do have to be talking about these issues so i'm just going to kind of go off on a slight tangent here around issue marketing and I think this is something that's definitely um through social media over the last 12 18 months during the pandemic has, has become really apparent and you know we're, we're now in july but we, me and laura were talking um, a few weeks back about kind of the end of pride month mm. Um, you know, we saw all those retailers and brands all over the UK of the world, you know, um, turn their logos into rainbows and, and post about this, that and the other, which is amazing. But I saw a, um, not a funny post, but quite a controversial post saying, I bet brands are so glad. Oh, you know, turn your logo back to normal now. Look at what you've done. You know, very sarcastic. And you know what? Absolutely. Because, yes, I know it's raising awareness. But what is what are you actually doing? You know, New Look, as an example, um, you know, did all that, did all their marketing, did all... But they um, also um, had a collection as part of Pride Month, and mm. um, I think it was 100% of the, the profit made from the t The T-shirts were really cool. I should have bought one, really. I went to um, an LGBTQ plus charity, which is amazing, and, you know, if that's part of what they do, and but... So many brands would have just gone, oh, it's probably, you know. Let's see, put our colourful outfits right at the top of our landing page. So and that it looks people, like that we yeah, actually care. Yeah, and, for but sure. do they actually care? And I'm not saying brands do or don't. You know, you've got, again, you've got to do your research. But again, uh, Black Lives Matter during the pandemic. And again, you know, we're really trying to push the point across that, yes, we need fashion brands to bring this to the surface. But consumers and like us and like other people... We're, we're, we're giving these brands backlash because actually doing your blackout social media, doing this, doing that, saying we stand with this and we support this and using these hashtags, yeah, brilliant. But, you know, there was this whole thing on Twitter about um, the um, how the fashion industry was really hypocritical because they were posting, loads of retailers were posting about Black Lives Matter, but then if you look at the board of directors or kind of middle to senior management at most of these companies, they're all white. So it's like, actually, mm. yeah, you're putting on social media and looking like to all your consumers that you care about Black Lives Matter, but actually you've got no diversity in your business, so you're being completely hypocritical. Yeah. And I think that's, Absolutely. that's where the difference lies, and that's where consumers, we need you to look and understand 
and really, truly shop with those brands that really care. Gymshark, oh, I love Gymshark, Gymshark so much. Oh, their recent post that Ben put out about EDI, oh, yes. which we're so passionate about, what we're implementing into our marketing module next year, aren't we? Because yeah. we just want to champion the brands that are doing the right thing and also educate our students how how to do that when yeah. creating and that's the word educate um, and yeah. we were lucky enough to get guest speaking from gymshark to speak to our students and they that their stance on the whole black lives matter thing wasn't about um wasn't about let's tell our consumers this they wanted to know from their consumers yeah. so their post and their tone of voice was very much about you educate us let's not pretend that we know everything and mm-hmm. we know how to how to help and what to do why don't you tell us what we can do to support you and that and just I had that. such a standout yes. tone of voice in comparison to so it's many brands together it's saying you know we'll we're in this together like like i can't say that i know everything but no, i love not. being be educated, educated and yeah. i love to learn and i think you know the fashion brands have these opportunities to educate their consumers, but also learn from their consumers. You know, the brand consumers are so diverse. So, you know, learn from each other. Um, and I think that's just so powerful. So I definitely think that's the movement that is so in the right direction that we're going to start seeing more and more of. Um, so, you know, make sure that you are checking these brands and that you aren't being green um, greenwashed. One company that I do want to shout about is Superdry. I know we interviewed them. I think it was our third, second or third podcast. But they're really good because on their website, they actually have a list of all their suppliers that they work with. Love that. And that transparency is so great. And I haven't seen that, I don't think, on any other no, brands. No, I don't think I have. Um, so I think that's really interesting to be like, this is who we actually work with. You know, feel free to go and check up on us. Feel free to ask. And that is controversial because yeah. brands do not share their suppliers. And not because, um, I mean, some of them might be hiding certain suppliers that they, they work with, but other suppliers, they don't do it because they don't want other brands to, to use the same suppliers. They want to protect their supply chain. So what they're doing, it's a big gamble by putting that, but they know, they know that their consumers are going to go, wow, that's pretty yeah. ace. Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. Um, so, it, yeah, it's all, again, super interesting stuff. But please keep questioning. Please call brands out. It's so important. And let us know as well. Let us know that the bad boys, you know, we want to know about them. We want to talk about them. And we want to know if you've had any negative experiences or brands that you thought, do you know what? This brand is doing amazingly well that we can shout about on our like to know. And these brands, the ones that are just not pulling their weight. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Right, everybody, I have to introduce the most incredible guest. We are so, so excited to have her on. Sophie and I have been fangirling for weeks when we received the email to say that the lovely Rebecca Spencer said yes to joining us on the podcast. So please welcome Rebecca today. Hi, Rebecca. Hello. Yeah, how are you? We're good, thank you. How are you? Feeling a bit nervous. But oh, always, always. No matter how many I do, it, I'm still nervous. Oh, bless you. Well, we're just fangirling. We're just so, yeah. so excited. We're just, the nervous ones. We are. We were in the car, just like. But oh you my wouldn't God. be able to know. <laughs> That's all right, then we hide it well, hide it well. <laughs> oh, so yeah, thank you so much. I was just saying to Laura that um, when I first um, started following you and I first started her- heard of you and I was working down in London and I was working with very much around the time where influencers were becoming a thing and you know, suddenly appearing on all of our Instagrams and things like that. And uh, I remember when you started doing photography for Sarah Ashcroft quite early on and I, I was working with her a bit at the time. So I've definitely followed you for a while. I know Laura has as well. And I'm sure many of our, of our listeners are very aware of your career and all the amazing things you've done. But please 
tell us about you, tell us about, you know, um, where you've come from, your career so far, and also kind of like, you know, you've gone from this, well, I say gone from this very talented photographer, you are a very talented photographer, but you've almost like become an influencer in your own right. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, not an influencer. You are. <laughs> you, are. you are. No, I mean, I love sharing like all my photography, like tips. I think I've mm-hmm. learned over the years. I feel like maybe because I didn't really have anyone to like learn off myself. So everything mm. I learned, I was just like so excited to yeah. just like share. Um, and that's when I started using like Instagram and like YouTube as like a platform to like, share all that I love that like now with like reels and stuff it's like so overwhelming because like there's just so much information now being given like given which was never the case yeah it's it's about being educational as well isn't it like Laura used on on a few podcasts ago Laura used the term um influencer with purpose and like so it sounds like how you started out is that you obviously you wanted to educate and share what you're doing which is really sounds really fab but I think yeah, that's I'm just a, a massive over sharer. But I think that's good. <laughs> My think, clients will tell you. I think that's what people want to see, though. They want to see behind the scenes and how things work, so they can relate. And I think that's what makes people so interested in what you do. Is you're very open and honest. And um, for me, um, I find it really interesting how you do quite a bit of your work with a mobile phone, not just a camera. Yes. So Why? That kind of shocks. It shocks people it a lot. Um, but it actually, I think what happened was I noticed like a trend happening, which was that the photos that were performing well for like my clients and for brands, mm. and which I noticed I'm like, I get like a mood board for a shoot. And I'd be like, you do know that all these photos are taken on an iPhone. How do you, you know? Send. How do you know? I, I just know the effect. <laughs> all right. Okay. I, I, it's just like a vibe. And yeah, I just noticed that there was like this, like they were just performing better because I felt like the consumer was looking at it and thinking, oh, like that looks so like I, I can take that on my iPhone and I can I can wear it like that. And it's like this feels a bit more natural and mm. candid compared to like a professional image. I, I just but, like I mean, not if everyone. If I try to take a photo on my phone, it does not look like yours. So. <laughs> no, <laughs> just still a talent I mean, to what you do. <laughs> I mean, it's obviously all about angles and all that stuff. But and like, and also I feel like when you get an iPhone out in front of someone. They just act a bit more natural. It's like That's a interesting. Like some girls are like, if you bring out a camera, like they just like honestly they change, oh. like the way they pose and everything. And um, yes, I just sort of noticed a bit of a difference. And then I, um, I think it's actually like the early days of like in the style. I think I shot their first thing. I shot with them was like Binky Felsted, and um, I shot the whole thing on the iPhone. And then they were literally like, the results have been incredible. Like, what? Because I would think keep going. I would think it wasn't high enough res or the quality wasn't good enough. So that's why I was so surprised yeah. when I saw behind the scenes of you like following somebody with your phone. I was like, oh my god, how are these done yeah. on the phone? And then I think I also then like, I do edit them in like Adobe Lightroom and like I, yeah. I treat it like it's a proper photo because even my professional images, I'm gonna edit them so they look like an iPhone. That's mad. I love that. So like, my mind. like even like today, like I shot like a really low shutter speed, so that I kind of got that blur and like that kind of like storytelling oh, element. Because yeah. otherwise, I feel like it just looks a bit more like it's not. I don't know. It's just I feel like it's not as engaging. That, that, but we're it's just like, yeah. I'm sorry, we're in all. We're inside. Oh, I've got a question then. Did you yeah. shoot Christy Green's wedding on an iPhone? I did. did ah, you? I did. Oh, cool. No, not, not on an iPhone, not on an iPhone. Ah, uh, oh, okay. still. I did you were, yeah. start, 
I did the technique that I just mentioned, which was I shot a really low shutter speed. Ah, her pictures were absolutely stunning. Yes. They were so much oh, fun. I'm going through a weird phase. I'm not sure whether to take on weddings or not. That's <gasps> it's just a lot of commitment. Um, but right. We're both getting married. <laughs> <laughs> So if you're free I'm, and uh, five weeks' time, I'm sorry to my friend Hayley that probably will be listening because she loves the podcast and she's doing my <laughs> photography currently. So if you're free, yeah, that'd be lovely. They're just, they're just so beautiful. I mean, we've both been looking at photographers for our weddings, but we've, we've both booked ours and they are lovely. If you are listening, we love you so much. But when I saw Christie's, I was like, oh my God, these are just so natural, so fun, so playful and with a little bit of like editorial, but they don't seem staged. Yeah, so it was really funny because when I was shooting it, I only only shot them in like 30 minutes. Wow. And I had like, we had people walking past like, is she a bride or is this a fashion shoot? Really? (laughs) I was like, I love how people just assume it's a fashion shoot. Like, because obviously the way I'm like telling her to do stuff. But um, yeah, no, it was really, really good. I just not sure because normally I'm traveling. I'm not normally here. Yeah, so I think you do seem here, there, and everywhere with the, commi- with the commitment. Yeah. Like, but you never know. We'll see. I might have to do it in my own my own little way. Well, that's exciting. I love that. Yeah, Rebecca Spencer, wedding photographer. You'd just be booked out for like a decade. <laughs> yeah, though, you would. You? <laughs> you'd have no life. That's the trouble because it's weekends as well. That, yeah, be... that's the thing. I know, and I stopped doing weekend about three years ago. Ah, <laughs> uh, don't do it to yourself. No, then. don't. No. You know, you're too in demand anyway with all these amazing brands. You know, don't you don't need to add weddings just yet. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe it's something in the future. Yeah, I that's exciting that. though. Yeah, we love the hashtags that you use, especially the aspirational best friend. How does this influence how and what you do? I feel like the best friend thing also comes with the idea of the iPhone. Um, And and that was part of the trends that I noticed. And obviously, you know, being really good friends with Sarah Ashcroft and shooting her from the beginning, the images naturally became quite intimate because we were best friends. Yeah. So, of course, the images felt like, you know, they were like, I don't know, we're out for a coffee or, you know, when we're at Coachella and you like, they're just a bit like how your friend would take a photo of you. Mm. Um, And obviously your best friend always is going to make sure... You look good in your photos. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not being funny, but Laura always leaves my chins in photos. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I think we need some lessons on taking we some... We do need fa- some yeah, lessons. Yeah, some fashion photos. There we go. We'll have, a, we'll have a little workshop with you. Do you feel like yeah, that's kind I'm, of like your your style through all your photography I, is that? I feel like I just like... If I'm doing influencer stuff or like a more candid... Um, like for a fashion brand, it's like very social. Mm-hmm. That's definitely like what I'm keeping in my mind. I'm thinking, where would the best friend be sat? What, what, you know, what would they be doing? Yeah, really um, authentic. Yeah, just to like, because I feel like that way it just looks more organic. Um, yeah, and I just, I felt like that just became like a thing. And then I don't know if you guys, well, I don't know if you first followed me back then, but um, a photo of mine went a bit mad. It was, I was in Thailand, it was of KD. Um, oh, she like, yeah, love put Island. Her hand to the camera, and it was like back then, like there just wasn't really like loads of imagery like that, mm, and yeah, it yeah. just honestly, like I just remember my my, and I was like, this is mad, and how actually that hashtag came about was I was doing a trip for Boohoo somewhere, I can't remember where we were going, and oh, it was LA, and um, a girl called Star who worked there at the time. She actually put 
on the mood board, aspirational best friend. And I was like, you've literally just told me what my style is, which I've been trying to work out for the last That's two amazing. years. That's um, amazing. And she was like, this, this, she was like, this is what they just gives me. And it was like all my photos, which had that kind of like engaging concept mm. of two friends. I love um, that. So yeah, and then that's how that hashtag began. And then I started using it. I mean, I have stopped using it actually. You've just reminded me that I should be using it more. <laughs> <laughs> this is your reminder. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's how that one came about, really. So thanks to Star at Boohoo. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, so is that so how... I think is now a TikToker. Oh, oh okay. Oh, we have yeah. to follow her out. Yeah, we feel like we She's need loads of masterclasses up all these people. <laughs> I know. I just I feel so so old. There's so many like people that are doing so many different things, and I'm like, what? And you know, when you get to that age, where you, you look at your parents, you're like, oh my god, mum, why don't you understand Facebook? Why can't you do this? That's why so can't sad. you log on? And now I feel like, oh my god, this is me. <laughs> yeah, no, but I feel like that as well. <laughs> oh no, you're you're flying no, through just, it. Like, I just, I just want to be educated on everything. Yeah, me I'm, too. Like, there's not enough time in the yeah, day. At I know. All say that though but I do waste a lot of time just sitting down in front of the tv <laughs> I really could be doing more with my time so that's that's my thing from this podcast that I'm taking away yeah do it yeah <laughs> I can barely manage a reel let alone a tiktok I mean I'm so behind in the times honestly oh so so this friendship thing we obviously we really love and like it's so lovely to hear that's kind of what you do and it's your kind of aesthetic it's kind of how you how you work is that is that how like you choose the brands that you want to work with and and the and the, the influencers and the people that you work with is has that connection got kind of got to be there and that that relationship got to be a big factor in your in, in choosing who you work with oh massively like I only work with like a selective amount of girls now for like influencer work and every single one of them girls is like a friend now like oh that's so nice yeah, like a hundred percent. Like there, I work with such lovely girls, and you know, it is like an intimate setting when you are shooting, and like it, you know, it's like when you get your hair done, you have like a counselling session, you, you gossip about this, you gossip about that. Um, so it's like, and also we catch up every like two, three weeks. So it's really nice, and yeah, relationships really big big for me and it's lovely to see those relationships that like like say me and Laura remember from early on mm. um as, as people that have followed you and to see you st- uh, still shooting with them now and I bet you I bet people but you get absolutely inundated don't you with people saying oh could you do my shoots and, and things like that yeah I mean I've, I've tried to like slow the influence part down because the brands have really grown yeah um especially since lockdown as well because when I was doing the trips as well, I would meet new girls and then you have another more intimate relationship because, you know, you've gone on a helicopter with one and then you <laughs> swam with dolphins with another and then, you know, you, you create like a friendship and then like you want to carry on shooting. Um, but I feel like because the trips I think have stopped, um, I've been actually working with a lot of brands. And do you prefer, is that something that you prefer or do you like it to be kind of like an even split? You know, thinking about your future ahead of you because you're still so so young you've got you know years and years ahead I just can't wait to see you know what else you're going to achieve and do I mean I I love both um because I feel like with the influencers as well I can get a bit more creative okay with the shooting what's with a brand like you know it's it's what they want and yeah to be fair then my brands do give me a bit of creative control um have to say that for them but yeah so it just really depends depends but yeah no definitely I my biggest goal this year was I wanted to get something in store because okay when I'm always shooting influencers like my work I'm so used to seeing my work on Instagram and 
you know banners on websites and um like Facebook ads and all that stuff but like I've always just wanted to like see it somewhere else physically did you do that with Boo Avenue then because I noticed that you recently did yeah, their so collection yeah yes yeah, so Boo Avenue um Tanologist and um Jack Wills amazing oh that's and so I think cool. a George Asda one is coming out as well oh, oh that's exciting yeah so I'm really excited about that as well you know the local supermarket um yep. <laughs> so yeah really like I've had it in my head and I'm like okay that goal's done oh that's amazing I suppose there's so much crossover now as well isn't it Mm. like um with influencers that are are models for brands as well so I bet I bet there's a lot of crossover in you know you just said about Tanologist and and Bow Avenue isn't Lottie Tomlinson in both of those campaigns there you and that's just absolutely I mean I've got another girl crush on her as well her today oh my god don't I can't deal with that she's oh, just she's so, so lovely and that's the thing as well I think brands also like it you know and like for the Bow Avenue one for example when I got sent the call sheet I think I knew like 80% of the girls and I just think that helps Massively. with like also making them feel comfortable on like a big brand shoot day for them because they also you know they trust me and they know that I know like their angles and yeah I think that really helps yeah, I mean, when um, I was in with relationships, when in I was case. in industry, I used to work mainly with the same photographer, and it just made the shoots flow so much better. You understood how yeah. they worked; they understood, you know, as a client, what you were after. But um, you predominantly shoot women. Is that something that you stick to in terms of the, you know, aspirational best friend, or are you open to work with, you know, men and different different brands that are kind of like more male orientated? So I do shoot a few men. Um, I actually have a very good friend, um, Carl Thompson. He's a male influencer. Um, I shoot him quite a lot, but it's just not really something I post about just uh-huh. because it's not really what people... I noticed when I first started, like, started out on my Instagram that the women content, it was just, like, people were more engaged with it. That's interesting. Um, so I stopped, like, posting the male, but I do still shoot them. Um, I shoot Josh. Um, I shoot Chloe, Chloe Lloyd's husband, Josh. Oh, yes, um, yeah. Yeah, James Stewart, I think he's a heart presenter. Okay, um, so it's not like you favour one. I have a handful of men that I do shoot. Yeah, but you don't favour one or the other, so that's good, that's good. Yeah, I love but that. Yeah, I do do it. So on top of all these other things, so like you're a superstar photographer, you're, you're an influencer for a purpose, that's what we're going to say, yeah. we're going to give you that title because that's exactly, <laughs> you know, we love, we love that. But you have also have your amazing, your own line, don't you? You have your own, um, your own camera straps, which is amazing. So how's that going? How did that come about? So this has been like on my mind for so long to do like from the very beginning I also started another hashtag which was called RS camera selfies okay um which was a way of me like showing up on my Instagram Mm. um and I wasn't very confident in front of the camera so I'd always cover my face with my camera um but it was a way of me kind of documenting like my career so like it'd be a picture of me and like um I've known Thailand and then it'd be a picture of me in Italy and then means in London and like my locations in London and I felt like they were like getting so much interaction like more than my photography and I just felt like the camera strap just always looked a bit bland and I was like I really want like an Instagrammable like camera strap to kind of go with my brand um and just never found the right one so then I've always said I want to bring up bring up my own camera strap brand like there's no girly straps they're all like boring and also, I've never got time. I was like traveling and everything. And then obviously lockdown came. 
and yeah I obviously had a bit more time on my hands I was like right this is if I'm going to come out of lockdown I want to come out with the brand so that candid shot was made and yeah so I'm really enjoying this new like business journey of like I mean it's not it's such a niche but Mm -hmm. I'm really enjoying it and it's so fun to like turn up to a shoot with my camera strap yeah your own branding that must be amazing I actually had like a moment the other day I was on a shoot with Vogue Williams and um, her hair stylist was like, oh my God, I love your strap. (laughs) And I was like, oh, oh, it's mine. He was like, oh my God, no way. He was like, I saw another photographer the other day with one. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Oh, that must feel so good. It was like the first time I was like, oh my God. It's like people are like, I forget that when people buy them, like they're actually our photographers actually wearing them on shoots and like, but they're yeah, doing it for, for you, you know, they want that part of you, you know, that's that must feel so good that they aspire to, you know, to wear your stuff and to have that, you know, they must look up to you and be like, oh, I just want to be like her. So that must feel amazing. Yeah, no, it was, it wasn't, I was like, came home like, guess what happened to me today? Oh, <laughs> I love that. Literally, I'm fangirling even more now. Me too. Like, hey, you're like super creatively talented. Now you're like also this like businesswoman as well. That's got like a business head on as well, which is just amazing. And also so nice. Yay! Oh, so I'm nice. too nice. That's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> No, you don't. Uh, it's it's so it's so lovely and so refreshing to like to know, kind of what your values are and how they've mm. kind of uh, have stayed with you through through your career and, and and who you've grown with and the brands that you work with. It's so nice. I think that's that's what consumers are looking for. You know, you're developing imagery that consumers are going to buy into for these brands for these influencers, and it comes across like that. And I think that's why we particularly oh, that's really love nice. and oh, it's true, You know, yeah. it's true. I just think. So many people, you know, kind of move up and grow in their careers, don't they? And kind of abandon what they're about and what they stand for. And consumers nowadays, that's what that's what brands are about. It's what influencers should be about. It should be about being true to yourself, being authentic. And it's just yeah. it's so interesting to hear how that comes. Even like you know, you see the, the physical image and you see the influence and you see the garment, but to know how that comes from your angle and comes yeah. from your perspective and how that is built on that relationship and. And like you said, that candid look, I just, I just find it all really fascinating. As someone that's not particularly, I'm not a creative person. I used to work in fashion PR, so it's, re- it's really interesting, really interesting. But I think you're also part of that movement and you've probably steered that movement of, of humanising brands and showing the, you know, the real people because the way that you capture imagery, the way that you take it, the way that your images are, they're very natural, they're very... Um, I don't want to say not not perfect, that's wrong, but they're not staged, yeah, but they that, seem very but authentic. That's what I like about them. But I think that's what ev- that's the way we're going now. We want that natural, we want that caught in the moment and not staged, not, you know, unattainable. And I think that you've created that movement with so many brands and that is the way that society and the industry is going. Oh, that's so, so, so lovely. Oh, we're just we're just big fans. Aww. No, it's fabulous. So thank you so so much for spending your evening with us today. I mean, it's, it might not be evening when someone listens to it. It could be morning, afternoon, evening, but it's evening here as we record. And I know you've had a super busy day today, so it's been so so lovely um, to chat to you to hear about you know how how you've grown, what you're doing now, and we just can't wait to see kind of how what you that do next. Could, well, yeah, what we will be watching and we'll we'll, uh, we'll get. You I back mean, on. I have no idea currently. <laughs> I'm just. Just going, just going with it. But that's exciting in itself, isn't it? I think even with lockdown, it's thrown so many people off 
you know their normal path but it's taken you in so many yeah. new directions so we'll be we'll keep following you we'll keep seeing what you're doing we'll keep fangirling <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> amount and uh, we can't wait to see what you do next oh thank you so much girls it's been so lovely to chat with you thank both. you so oh, much no, for your thank time. you rebecca you're a star no worries thank, thank you, you so thank much you. Bye. 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 Wowzers, what an episode. So good. Rebecca, we just... I love her. I love her oh, so much. Oh, I literally... Could she? Could we make her a lecturer and could she be the third fashion demi? I want her. I want to be her friend. Yeah, we are her friends now. Rebecca, can we be friends? We so she's going to listen to this and be like, why was I interviewed by these crazy two? <laughs> Fangirling. But no, she was Girl amazing. Crushing. Great interview. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed doing it. It was absolutely fantastic. What have we got for you next week? We have Hissy Fit Clothing. Oh, that'll be a good one, won't it? Yeah, amazing and Birmingham-based brand, Hissy Fit Clothing, that we are interviewing. So that will be number 13. Look out for us every two weeks on a Thursday, but make sure you do what, Laura? What have you got to do? Subscribe, like, follow, share, all that jazz. And download. <laughs> all of it. Just do all of it and we'll love you forever. Yeah, thanks, guys. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app.